Hello and welcome to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We're a startup church we just planted in September 2020. And at the Kalamazoo Church, we believe that Christianity is done best when it is done together. And so if you live in the Kalamazoo area, we would love to connect. Be it coming to a Sunday service, one of our small groups, or even just grabbing coffee with a member to learn more. You can visit kalamazoo.church in order to do that. We pray that you are inspired by what you hear today. Cool, cool. Well, good morning, everyone. So, uh, yeah, we definitely miss the campus ministry, but hey, we are here as family and we're excited uh, to worship God together. Uh, so today I'm going to continue on the sermon series that we're uh, in the middle of, of spiritual disciplines. And so, now spiritual disciplines, these are things that are in our daily lives. It's, it's a lifestyle. It's not like a one-time experiment thing, but these are, you know, continuous daily disciplines. But uh, before we get started, let's see, I got to set my little timer here and, and (laughs) make sure I'm not, not going too, uh, too, too long here. All right. Okay, so uh, I have a question for you. There, I'm going to give you four options. You think about which one is the most appealing. Would you rather own season tickets to your favorite sports team? You know, that'd be awesome. Go to Packers season tickets. Would you, or would you rather have dinner with your favorite athlete or celebrity? You know, have a nice, relaxing, uh, fancy dinner and ask all the questions that you've always wanted to know. Or would you rather go on a one-week vacation to the location, uh, or one-week vacation to the location of your choice anywhere in the world? That'd be pretty awesome. Think about places where you'd want to go. Or maybe get that expensive toy that you've been thinking about or wanting. So, you know, you think about those, those four options there. They're all, they all sound pretty cool. Uh, but you know, when we need to, when we make choices like that, we have to be prayerful as well. So today, the topic is the spiritual discipline of frugality and simplicity. Okay. Okay. So please turn to Matthew six thirty-three. So we're going to read a scripture there in a little bit. But the spiritual discipline of frugality, it has to do with the right use of God's resources. So God has entrusted us with resources and he entrusts us to use them for his purposes. Uh, And if we do a good job managing them for his glory, then he might decide to give us, you know, more to entrust more. And it's totally up to him. Now, frugality, it limits uh, us using those resources for our own pleasures you know, in our own desires. Now, the spiritual discipline of simplicity is closely related, but all of this is having the right, proper priorities and views uh, based on Matthew 6.33. So we'll read that now. The Bible says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. 
So earlier on in this passage, uh, in this chapter, it talks about people worrying about things. And these things are actual tangible needs. So they're talking about food and clothing, you know, so they're, you know, they're worried about those things. And it talks about how the pagans run after all these things. So, you know, these are the unbelievers, the people, you know, who don't have faith and they're running after these things. But they're saying, okay, for us, we need to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to us as well. So we're promised that our needs will be met. Now, but now let's talk about wants. So we, we got the needs there, right? Food and clothing, that's, you definitely need that. But then sometimes when we have wants and desires, sometimes they consume us. And if we, when, when we think about them too much and we start doing research about them, too much or so much we get consumed and they actually be they feel like their needs like yeah. i need to have that or i need that whatever it is yeah. and yeah uh and as we go through this we're going to look at this topic in deeper but as we look at it i want to make a distinction that being frugal is different than being stingy okay. so because i can think of people who are frugal they're also stingy, you know. And on the other hand, there's people, and my mom's a great example. She's frugal, but she's really generous, just really giving. Uh, please turn to Luke 12 in verse 15. So my first point today is guard your heart. So guard your heart. We're going to look at Luke 12. And starting in verse 15. The Bible says, Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. So why does the, why does Luke here say, Watch out and be on your guard? Yeah, so you don't say that to someone unless, I mean, it implies that we are under attack. Right, and and we certainly are. Uh, you know what's worse is that Satan will tries to make us forget that we're under attack, so we let our guard down. You know, and what's what's really scary about this uh, about greed? So it talks about be on your guard against all kinds of greed, and I think it's that topic is so subtle that yeah, if we're not on guard, if we're not watching out, we'll totally miss it. You know, um, greed is the material or the desire of material things and the scripture reminds us that life does not consist of an abundance of things but living in america uh like greed is it's almost like it's almost like not even a sin you know like sometimes it's actually praise like when somebody you see someone who's ambitious and they're pursuing their career and they're pursuing things and you're like wow you're really you know we almost praise them like wow i look up to you and the, you know these things but that's what's scary about it like you know, greed is in uh is listed in ephesians 5 3 and and uh, that it says to watch out for or there should not be even a hint of it says sexual immorality of impurity and of greed. So greed is in, in there and there should not be even a hint. You know, even in our church culture, we 
it's very normal like hey how's your purity going and you know and we talk about that which is awesome you know we need that but how often do we ask hey how's your greed you know it's like it's almost like unspoken of um, you know there's this story of a manufacturing plant this is in the 90s that illustrates this attack that we're constantly under but <clears throat> And it's, you know, it's marketing that is enticing us. So there's, in the 1990s, there was a manufacturing plant that got outsourced to Panama in Central America. And it really, it went quite well. Like people, they were hardworking people, cheap labor, and production was, you know, they were exceeding production standards and it was really inexpensive. But after about a month, uh, the, uh, they noticed that there was a huge dip in production, like people weren't going to work and weren't showing up and weren't producing. So the uh, COO, the you know operations officer, goes flies down there and talks to the village chief. You know they have these you know the village elder, like hey, what's going on with your people? How come they're not they're not coming to work? And the chief simply said, well, they made enough in a month to really not have to work the rest of their lives you know he's like oh man this is a problem so he brings it back to the united states and they they have their board meeting and you know their ceos and everything and trying to figure stuff out and then they thought of this great idea let's send them so this is in the 90s right so they let's send them magazines like uh you know shopping network kind of magazines so they sent it to them and then after that, they never had a work shortage again. Because people would read these magazines like, oh, I want that. Oh, I want that. Oh, let's go to work. Let's get more. And but yeah, just think about that. Like, it's convicting, right? Um, so yeah, and, and there's statistics that show that if you are going to the mall, you're watching commercials, you know, you're, you're going to spend more money. It's just, uh, it's the nature of marketing. They use brain science and all this stuff to try to get you to want more. Um, and I heard a really interesting definition of what rich means. So the truly rich person is not the one who has the most, but it's the person who doesn't want more. That's a truly rich person. Let's go to Romans 12. So here we're talking about the marketers and and I went to school for marketing so I know some of the, the strategies and tactics but um, but yeah but Romans 12 in verse 2 it says do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is his good pleasing in perfect will. So we have the pattern of the world that's where Satan's totally trying to attack us. And it's, you know, like I mentioned, greed sometimes when someone's ambitious, we almost look up to that person. Uh, but don't conform to the pattern of this world. Then we can experience God's true plan for us. I mean, imagine if that village in Panama. Panama didn't look at those magazines. I mean, how rich of a life 
they would get to live just to have all this free time and freedom to you know build their relationships in the community and love each other and but yeah but that's God's plan for us uh, and let's go to first Timothy 6 this is so the first point was guard your heart and the second point is be content so my second point is be content we're going to read in first Timothy 6 starting in verse 5 and we're going to read 5 through 10 it says people of corrupt mind who have been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain there's some people that came to mind when you read that so they think that godliness is a means to gain we'll continue on verse 6 but godliness with contentment is great gain for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it but if you have food and clothing we will be content with that those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the truth and pierced themselves with many griefs. I mean, there's so much in this passage. Uh, I mean, I, I, th I think of, yeah, if, if you've been in the kingdom for a while, you could probably, you, there's, unfortunately, there's examples of people who, you can think of that, yeah, their desire to get rich has caused them to be distracted, to wander from the truth, you know, and it's it's sad, really. And and there's, it in verse 9, it talks about a trap. So those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap. And, you know, and then, yeah, once you're trapped, it's hard to get out of the trap. Um, one of the one of the enemies of being content. So Paul talks about contentment or godliness with contentment is great gain. But one of the enemies of contentment is comparison. So we need to avoid comparison. You know, you you can almost picture the story of I read a, a story about how. There was a newly married couple with two young kids and you know and they were just talking about how blessed they they are with you know having and they were able to buy their first house and they've moved into their house and been living there for about 6 months and they're just looking at each other hey we're so blessed we're so grateful for our little two bedroom house that we bought and and our great kids and these things but then later that same day, they go to dinner to another friend's house, also with two young kids. But their house is like twice as big as, you know, their their own house. And there's newer cars in the driveway. You know, here they're sharing one kind of old car. And all of a sudden, that gratitude starts to go away. You know, they're like, and then by the, you know, they have a nice dinner with their friends and, and the drive home, it's almost, it's almost like in the car, there's this atmosphere of, man, I feel like I've been cheated by God. Yeah. 
And how did it flip from, oh, we're so grateful for what God has given us to, man, how come I don't have more? What's going on? You know, because it's this, this comparison. And that, that breaks my heart because, you know, we know God is generous. But when we compare with others that have more, it, we can feel like I've been cheated, you know. Um, so we need to avoid comparison. Uh, Ecclesiastes 4. Uh, I'm going to read. Write that down. I'll just read it. I'll just read it for you. Ecclesiastes 4 and verse 4. It says, And I saw that all toil and all achievement spring from one person's envy of another. This too is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Um, I'll read uh, in the NLT version, the same, so Ecclesiastes 4.4. It says, Then I observed that most people are motivated to success because they envy their neighbors. But this too is meaningless, like chasing the wind. So we need to avoid comparison. You know, we, we need to be content with what we have. And as Paul says, if we have food and clothing, we need to be content with that. And because all our needs are being met. So um, I, I was actually, so a time when there was a, a disciple who I looked up to him, I mean, for probably a decade or more, I was getting advice from him because he owned five businesses, you know, really successful in my eyes, and I wanted to aspire to be like him, and and I got business advice from him. Um, but, you know, things seemed to, you know, looking back, I didn't really necessarily get spiritual advice from him. But definitely, you know, business and financial advice from him because it he seemed to have a lot and seemed to be doing really well. But then over time, you know, I mean, uh, I, things took a turn. Like I'm not sure all the details in the businesses, but there were there were things definitely not within his control. But I'm sure there were some things within his control. But there was a point not too long ago where he had to file six bankruptcies not just like one but six like one for each business and then for him personally and he was that was really stressful uh, for him and his family and I remember uh, hearing him say that I I wish I just kept life simple you know and there's so much wisdom in in what Paul says in the scriptures Actually, turn to the next scripture is First Thessalonians 4. Okay, we'll read that in a little bit. But, you know, the Bible also talks about if, you, if God does bless you with success and resources, not to set your heart on them. Because mm-hmm. they can be gone in an instant. So this is the scripture that my friend was referring to in First Thessalonians, Thessalonians 4, verses 11 and 12. Paul says, And make it, your, make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. You should mind your own business and work with your hands, just as we told you, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders 
and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. So I want to wrap up with giving you some practicals that you can take away from this. So in this this topic of frugality and simplicity. So the first one is to make a debt list and a plan to get out of consumer debt. Okay. You know, I want to lift up Alec and Grace because we've been meeting with them. They've sought some advice and they're doing an awesome job. I'm actually really proud of you guys. Um, yeah, they have a plan to get out of debt and I'm really excited for them. Yeah, they're, they're going after it. But imagine your life without consumer debt. I mean, how much freer that would, would be. Um, so credit cards, student loans, car loans. Um, yeah, it'd be, that'd be amazing. Someday we'll, uh, have our house paid off too, but, uh, but we don't have consumer debt, but we still have that mortgage, which takes a while <laughs> to get, get rid of. Um, but imagine life without that. It's just, you'll have so much more freedom and resources for other things. The second, practical there's five total the second one is give something valuable away now it doesn't have to be something you use every day but it shouldn't be something that you're planning on donating or throwing in the garbage anyways you know but give something valuable away that will be a blessing to someone else uh, number three is stick with something old you know when you might feel like something needs to get replaced, but you know, resist that and like, hey, this still works. It's not exactly what I'd want, but it still works. So, <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's a good one. Yeah, I guess uh, Paul will. Uh, don't get rid of Paul, even though he's old. <clears throat> so on this on this practical, I want to just mention my conviction on. Like no car debt, like automo automobile debt is one of the worst debts because you're buying something that depreciates in value. So it's just, I mean, it doesn't make sense. Um, but I remember when we, so I went to the Philippines, married my wife, and when we moved back uh, 15 years ago, I bought a $300 car. And I, it was actually worth more, but they were, being generous to us and sold it to us for three. It was probably worth like 1200 But <laughs> yeah, she was, yeah, really nice. They should have just gave it to us at that point, right? <laughs> but $300 car, I mean, it was rusty, but it worked. It was uh, like 20 years old or whatever at the time. Um, and then, you know, then after that, well, after that car eventually pooped out, I upgraded to a $1,100 car which actually looked worse than the other one. <laughs> but this one was the Honda Civic. It was a white Honda Civic, 1993. It was probably 20 years old at the time or, or more. But it worked. But it had this giant rust spot in the front and like rust on the hood. And it was, it wasn't like great to look at, but somehow like driving it around, I sort of felt proud because I knew that, you know, I was avoiding car debt. Yeah. You know, I just, you know, it was kind of weird. But then we would upgrade to like a $3,000 car and then later a $5,000 car and then an $8,000 car, but just the whole time, you know, just avoiding credit card debt, but still saving so we could buy upgraded cars. But yeah, that's just one tip there of, 
you know, just getting rid of car debt in your life. Um, number four is enjoy free and discounted events. If you do, if you do research, there's so many things you can do in Kalamazoo that cost nothing or costs extremely little, but there's so many things that are just free. Um, and you know, for, for the singles in campus, when you're going on dates, they don't have to be expensive. Yeah, married too. When you're going on dates, you know, I remember some of my most memorable dates being less than $5. We would, we bought a watercolor kit from the dollar store, got some printer paper, and I think we spent money on coffee and just watercolored landscapes together and had a great conversation. Or go to the park if it's nice enough out to do that and there's so many things you can do that are inexpensive. And the last one is uh, get rid of stuff. Like just simplify, get rid of stuff. Have a garage sale and get rid of stuff. Has anyone heard of Project 333 Challenge? Yeah? I This is something I want to do, so if someone wants to do this with me. But So it's you only wear 33 articles of clothing for three months, so 333. Uh, so for three months, you only wear 33 articles of clothing. And, <laughs> well, yeah, maybe, maybe it's, maybe that's why it's three months, but, um, but yeah, so the, but the, so it's like the out, it, it, there's some rules about it, like the outward clothing counts, your shoes counts, accessories count, but, Underwear doesn't count. You probably want to make sure you have enough to <laughs> change that every day. Uh, but, but you know, so there's some rules there. But, but, yeah, but think about that. So shoes, accessories, and outward outer clothing. And there was a, I read about a, a gal who did this, and she went longer than three months. But she was amazed that nobody knew that she was doing this. Like nobody said, "Hey, you're, like, why are you?" don't have that many clothes. But she would mix and match like her tops and bottoms and all this stuff and shoes and accessories and all, you can create so many combinations of these articles. But, you know, that'd be amazing to just get rid of a bunch of clothes. Like we have so much stuff that I don't even, I probably, I probably realistically only wear like 33, but I have all this stuff in the garage that we gotta get rid of. Um, but yeah, so, to wrap up the our point, my point of my two points. Number one, guard your heart from greed and the attacks of the world. And point number two is to be content. And again, if we live this lifestyle of frugality and simplicity, it'll free us up to to really glorify God and and do His will. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. If you're in the Kalamazoo area, we'd love to get connected. Please go to kalamazoo.church and fill in your information to come to a Sunday service or any other event that we have going on. In any case, you'll be hearing from us next week.
Statement sales.